Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that racers and rental cars sent you. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your hosts, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it up for the weekend warriors. Thank you for downloading today's episode of the Racers and Rental Cars podcast, brought to you in part by MotionRaceWorks.com. Stop by Motion Raceworks for all your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, visit MotionRaceworks.com today. What's up, West Coast Cam? What's happening, Lieutenant Don? Thursday in southern Indiana. Is there any racing going on there? Uh, in Indiana, uh, actually, yes. I'm not going to let you answer that. Yeah, absolutely, there's racing going on in Indiana. We're not ra- anything virtually? Non-virtually. Non-virtually? Uh, there's still racing going on. We, I mean, I saw some people racing down Green River Road today uh, from the Dairy Queen to the, to the um, Walgreens. Nice I did st- see an article uh, they posted online that um, it was on the news. I don't know where I saw it, to be honest. It's probably Facebook, so it must have been true. They're talking about how all the street racers of California are taking over the California roads because there's nobody on them. Is that what they're saying? Well, it yeah. made it made news last night. Uh, Chris Blair, uh, being that we're recording on Thursday, everybody, not last night is in Friday night, but Wednesday night, Chris Blair from Gateway Motorsports Park, he was on the news uh, over in St. Louis uh, because How'd that go? Yeah, well, they've had. Um, let's just say that the street racing activity in the St. Louis area has increased quite quickly and last weekend they had a death in texas somebody street racing uh so you know gateway's trying to you know chris blair he's putting in all the measures uh to try to get it approved uh obviously this weekend as this is dropping ardmore oklahoma the windmill nationals <laughs> they are drag racing bracket, bracket racing i got told i got told today that I have to make sure that I start separating. Bracket racing doesn't have fans. Drag racing does. And you can make more money in bracket racing. Go figure. I got. I mean, I I got a, a I got a pretty good education. So you know, not that I didn't know that. You know, and you know, me <laughs> being me, I'm just going going, huh? All drag racing is drag racing. No, 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 no. Not today. And uh, not up in here. Not up in here. Nowadays, everything is about whether or not you have fans and can control what exactly you're doing for uh, social distancing. And you know what's funny? Oh, man, I dropped my puzzle piece. I just. Shoot. Anyway, um, you know what's funny? is how many times have you heard, oh, man, nobody ever come to a bracket race. That's so stupid. I wish we could get fans. I'd like to race in front of a crowd, this and that. And then now, flip the side, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 we don't have fans. We don't, no, 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 we don't, we don't do that fan thing. Because <laughs> if they had fans, they wouldn't be racing, right? That's, a, I mean, it's a legitimate argument. And for any track promoter that's putting on a bracket race, I, I mean, it would be very easy for him to justify that he would not have, you know, 500 spectators um, there. Although, 
So you do know. you classify yourself as a bracket racer or a drag racer? See, that was the that was where my thought my com- conversation piece here going is I had to stop and start thinking about it and I was like, well, no, I'm a I guess you could say I'm a drag racer when I'm at national events cuz we do have a few fans in the stands and a divisional race we don't typically have very many fans in the stands, so I'm not real sure exactly how I should classify myself. Mm, the Which jury's they, out. We wait. should do a poll on on our social channels. Is Don a drag racer or a bracket racer? As long as you don't have an option C, we'll probably get some good results. And so, what would option? Let's see. What would option C be? That would be another poll that we could do. What would option C be? N D M F. There's that. November Delta Mike Foxtrot. <laughs> no driving. Yep. M Effer. That's it. That would be me. No. So it was very, uh, very interesting. Um, I as we're recording this, Music City in Nat outside. I shouldn't say in Nashville. Outside Nashville, should be racing. Uh, so good luck to them. Their track promoter, uh, had a long winded battle and he got it approved. And so it was nice to see a lot of the racers in that part of the country talking about going to support them and beforehand telling people, if you don't think you can comply with the rules, keep your ass at home. Don't ruin it for everybody else. And so I kind of enjoyed reading those posts. Do you think they're really, like, going to – I mean, do you think – how do I want to word that? Do you think that people are – they're really going to be under a microscope? Like, they're going to actually send people out to check on all this stuff? I think because of the extent of the liability, yes. I I mean, I I mean, because I was having a conversation with another person who was in the law arena, and he was telling me, he's like, look – it's a guideline. Everything is guidelines. We're not under martial law, right? But the problem is, is that when you go against the government and the guidelines or you put yourself at risk, you know, you're the mayor of an area and you decide to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to let 1,500 people from other states come into our area. And then they have a flare-up or, or something, a reported case afterwards or whatever the case may be. You're now at risk, and there's the potential for the federal government or state government to come down and say, hey, you know, we're not going to help you with whatever it is that you got going on because you just didn't really want to listen. And I think that is, you know, an underlying factor for people that they don't think about. Uh, I had a racer today who's also a successful business person tell me that he's going to stay away, and he wants to race, got a fleet of cars. But he said, you know what, I'm, he goes, my biggest fear is going to a race, getting there, getting on the property, and somebody coming in and locking the gates and saying, nope, you people are going to stay here for 14 days quarantine, and we're not going to let you go home. And, hmm. and that was, when he said that, I looked at him and I went, hmm, come from out of state, come in, into a different state, into a different area. I mean, that would be one of those who'd have thunk it, but you could totally see that happening, potentially. Yeah. I mean, dude, you never know. what. I mean, this is all uncharted waters. I'm just interested to see what this announcement on May 4th, i.e. Monday, is going to be from our fearless leaders. From NHRA? Yeah. Well, I, I will let you know that it's my wife's birthday on Sunday. And so Happy I'm, birthday, Diane. I'm pretty sure that the press release will be Glenn Cromwell, uh, Josh Peterson, uh, and uh, Peter uh, Peter Clifford wishing my wife a happy birthday. There you go. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure that's what the press release is going to be. I mean, you got friends in high places, buddy. I know. What What is I told somebody the other day? They were like, man, I need a million bucks. I said, I don't have it. I got I got a couple millionaires on speed dial, but I don't have it. <laughs> don't have it. Nope. Don't have it. But no. And then the other big announcement today as we're recording is the awesome NASCAR schedule. 
You want to talk? Yeah. Did you see that? that? I did. How about cutting expenses, my friend? Get them in, get them out. What about like the bush and the truck and all that other stuff? Or Nate, what do they call it? Nationwide? I don't. Yeah, Xfinity Series and the Gander Outdoors. Yeah, no, they're they're on there, but they're not happening the same day. They're split. Okay. So (laughs) I I mean they have got some significant scheduling going on. That's going to really help expenses. I think it's going to get the teams back. It's going to create content quickly. And they're going to, I mean, dude, France family, whoever's over there in the, in the boardroom and they said, hey, this is what we're going to do. They're beating all the other major sports in America and in, in really truly in the world. They're beating them to the table. Just yeah. beat beating it like a drum if you don't think that their ratings right now on fox or fx or nbc or or wherever they're going to play them fs1 dude they're going to be through the roof it's the only thing to watch Mm-hmm. i mean we talked about it last week about the freaking spelling bee being on espn are you freaking kidding me yeah yeah <laughs> I mean that's pretty exciting, I must say. Especially that what was it the 2015 spelling bee? It was the 2015 spelling bee. Yeah. I I mean I think I saw last night the cornhole tournaments were back on. <laughs> that's a little better than spelling bee, but still. Well, I'm I'm over the moon excited about NASCAR and what they're doing and how they're creating uh, and. and if anybody has any doubt in their mind where the greatest states about racing is, it is in South Carolina and North Carolina because look at all the racing that's going to get done in like a matter of about 14 days. And it's nope. going to be in the Carolinas, uh, which I also want to bring up um, the Miller family and Rhett Gardner and those guys down there at Darlington Dragway. Uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, Keith Berry and the Woostock stuff that's going to go on that's going to be um that's going to be another epic that's going to be the first like if you're going to say outside of bracket racing uh that's going to be the first one that's going to kick off and then donald long's event that'll follow up uh, a week later down in orlando those are going to be the two that are going to kick off the radio world if you will racing with uh, pro mod and radio versus the world but now it's Man, it feels good. It feels good to get excited about going back racing because then that means you can get excited about working on sponsor deals and taking your sponsorship decks that you've typically used in plans for 12 months of of, uh, fiscal spending, throw that right in the shredder, just start over from scratch. I mean, it's going to be, you better be creative going into 2021 because 2020 has Man, it is the year of a dumpster fire for sure. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is for sure. But with that segue, I'm gonna say what? Let's bring in another. There's drag racing, there's bracket racing, but there's also other forms of two cars going down a straight and narrow quarter mile per se. Let's uh, let's bring somebody on the show that uh, has a little something to do with uh, nostalgia drag racing. Because I don't know what to classify that because they those events bring a shitload of people to them. So it'll be very interesting to see what they think, if it's drag racing or what type of racing that it is. They're right? all old. <laughs> They're all old. Hey, I did it for a while. It's, it's a really it, – you should – don't knock it till you try it. You should go to the Hot Rod Reunion and whatnot one day. It's, but, it says nostalgia in the front. Well, they actually don't like to use the word nostalgia anymore. Well, our guests, I guess, can maybe – elaborate on that but they now use uh historic no what are they it's uh, uh i think it's Museum. just like nitro funny <laughs> actually let's just call him up and ask him because he's pretty much driven everything under the sun um he's been around the sport for a very long time his uh his family uh, started him in the sport his dad was a funny car driver he's a funny car driver along with dragsters i don't know if he, we'll have to ask him if he's driven a door car He's driven real race cars, so um, we'll find out if he's driven well, anything else. Th- then I know he's so. driven a door car. <laughs> uh, let's let's ring up James Day. 
the world-famous James Day and see what he has to say. James, are you there? I'm here, guys. What's happening? Not much. How are you guys doing? Great. Welcome to our dumpster fire. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I figured you'd be right at home here, you know, with us, us lowlifes, you know? <laughs> well, James, I, I mean, Cam, he, he you got to give it to a guy that allegedly has professor in front of his name uh, and teaches at Cheetos College. He, he did an <laughs> awesome introduction for you there to, to bring you into our audience and in typical classic cam fashion that's what he delivered um do us a favor james tell our audience <laughs> all about give us our 30 second elevator pitch about you and uh your journey into the world of drag racing dude it was pretty good okay but i'm sure james can talk a little bit about himself a little bit better than i can but let's hear it uh, yeah, I grew up in the sport of drag racing. Uh, my dad, Richard Day, drove funny cars from 1968 to 1986. Uh, part of that time, he was partners with Chuck Warsham. And so uh, I grew up with Chuck and Dell. So, uh, yeah, I was kind of screwed from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> all through junior high and high school, I'd go on the road with uh, Chuck and Dell and uh, be a crew guy. And then out of high school, I started with uh, Jack Wyatt and then Gary Densham and then uh, started driving a fuel cars, uh, a fuel dragsters with, I uh, saw that picture you posted actually with, I don't know, was it today or something? The Texas stagecoach? Yeah. That- with Brooks Brown. Yeah. Very nice. So yeah, those were good times, man. And then, uh, really just kind of bounced around from seat to seat, uh, where I could ever, you know, I could find a ride here and there. So, uh, from front motor, top fuel cars, uh, big show, funny cars, nostalgia, funny cars. I just, Wherever I could land, uh, man, that's where I went. What's the most favorite thing that you've ever driven? Because you've had you've driven a lot. I mean, there's there's nothing like the Big Show funny car, but uh, uh, the fuel altered was awesome, and we got to win the March meet last year in the Tramp fuel altered, the wingless, a true wingless uh, classic style fuel altered, and that was awesome. If anybody's ever seen that car, that thing is badass the the guys that own those things are are awesome and i love the fact that they put the skinny front wheels on that thing and there i saw a picture of james and he's like three-quarter track and the thing just cr- the front wheels are like cranked i'm like oh yeah hang on <laughs> yeah that's a it's a handful ride uh the front motor top fuel cars were were uh, uh awesome to drive because uh, you're only on 13 inches of tire back there and you're running almost 270 miles an hour yeah no thanks that's where i draw the line yeah, you know, no, no firewall, no nothing. You know, it's just fire right in the helmet. So, uh, you know, nostalgia class has got a lot of uh, exciting stuff out there, but uh, there's still nothing like that big show funny car. Nice, nice. Now, so when I was doing research about you, James, you got your your big show funny car background with Paul Smith, correct? No, no. I started with Dave Smith, Dave and Linda Smith, DLS Motorsports, uh, with Chris Nance tuning. And uh, from there, we drove that car a couple of years, and then the economy collapsed. And then uh, I went to John Lindsay with the Impulse car for quite a few years, and then ended up uh, driving for Steve Pluger. So There you go. The world-famous Steve Pluger. Yes. Yeah, awesome. What, what an honor. Absolutely. So are you working? So what are you working on right now? Where, where are we at in, the, in your drag racing career as we're all sitting around here with our thumbs up our fourth point of contact? <laughs> what what are what are you what are you working on out there on the west coast well this year i teamed up with jim broom with uh spike door tuning uh the speed sport nostalgia funny car so uh we were Do you set- call it a nostalgia funny car i call it a nostalgia funny car because i want them to stay nostalgic <laughs> okay i what are they what what's the other i don't know if you heard us before you you we dubbed you in there but what isn't there something they're calling them something else now it's the Heritage Series, so they're Heritage Series funny cars. Uh, you know, I don't know. More, more and more, we're we're letting the rules get a little lax, and uh, they're they're starting to look like big show cars all of a sudden. Yeah, there's some that look. Yeah. <laughs> See, I wasn't. I was not. He said Heritage. That was not far off with my word of historic. And museum. you were close. You were close. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Don, they still haul ass, and they actually run nitromethane. Well, I, I I mean, look, 
Drag racing is drag racing, and that's cool. No, it's not. You just said that. No, I said somebody else said that. <laughs> I said somebody else told me that there was a difference. There was bracket racing and there was drag racing. So I didn't say I agreed with that. I just told you what I was told. Oh, I got you. I got I, you. That's it. So now that you're you're out there driving on the Heritage Series, how far from your mind? Because you're what? You're in your, your mid-30s now? Uh, 40. You're 40? Yep. So yep. At, at what point do, does James Day look over and go, okay, that that big show dream is um, it was uh, laced with uh, CBD and uh, <laughs> lot, 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 lots of Coors Light? I wish we could get some CBD sponsorship. That'd be great. Anyway. That's a great and I wish, wish we could bring the CBD people in. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a pretty far, you know, it, it'd be wishful thinking at this point for me to think I could go back to the big show without, you know, millions of dollars in sponsorship. You know, I mean, you know, I, I give Cameron, you know, all the credit in the world for hustling as hard as he's doing it. And he's doing it, man. He's, he's made it happen. Uh, but uh, for the average guy to do the big show anymore, those days are just about over because, uh, you know, with the advent of social media and stuff, companies are finding cheaper ways to advertise. Absolutely. So we do a better job or, or, or bring something more to the table to uh, to get these people to come spend money with us again. Now, the team that you were with prior to wrapping everything up, that was in what, 2011? Uh, 12, yeah. 12. 12. So what has that team moved on to do? Is all their equipment setting? Did they scuttle the team? What what actually is a, you know, do you have a door opening, that whether it's a small crack like the hairline one on top of Cameron's head? Or, you know, what uh, what, what do you have going? Well, uh, Steve Pluger passed away, and uh, Jason Rupert bought up all the assets to that. So uh, we're all wishing Jason a uh, good luck up there in his endeavors with the big show. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's going to do awesome, but, uh, you know, all it takes anymore is, is you got to be able to write that check. You know, if you want to get back in the driver's seat, there's plenty of teams out there that'll build another team or they'll, they'll do whatever they got to do to get funding in because funding's tough to come by right now, even for at the big guys, you know, the DSR, JFR, Coletta, they're all, they're all still scrambling to find additional funding. Yeah, that's that's the tough part, and you know, and even in the nostalgia world, I mean, you can you can elaborate on this a little bit, like because I I drove nostalgia for a couple of years. I think it's an awesome class or heritage, whatever Don wants to call it. Um, but they still run they historic. They still run really good. My father in law owns a team. He runs pretty hard in the, the heritage series as well, and uh, it's. But they spent some serious cash over there too. Like if you want to be a driver, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, James, but. Um, I mean, we're talking, I mean, they want $7,000 or, you know, five to $10,000 somewhere in and around there just to rent a car for a weekend. Yeah, you're, you're right, man. It's, uh, you know, these guys are going through three and four motors a weekend, burning up cylinder heads and pistons. And, uh, you know, it, it, unfortunately it's got the nostalgia name to it, but, uh, we've let the rules kind of get away where, uh, you know, all of a sudden you've got a supposedly 1968 Camaro running 550 when I think the national record in 1978 was, you know, 590 something. So, uh, you know, now we've got these aerodynamic bodies and stuff coming in at 40 inches of overhang, which they never had back then computers, you know, it's, uh, it's basically like an alcohol car, but, uh, but on nitromethane. Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it, and and that's the hard part. I mean, yes, we did kind of maybe talk a little bit about how they, those events pack the stands. But my my question, I mean, I've always kind of had this in the nostalgia world. How do you convert those 20,000 people in the stands or 15,000 people in the stands to dollars? Because the generally, like if you go to a nostalgia event, the clientele is like, your demographic is more so in the in the range of like forty to seventy, right? It's not the the eighteen to twenty five demographic that everybody wants. So yeah, sure that there's a ton of people in the stands, but you're not going to get somebody like you know 
Monster Energy or somebody like that to come in because they don't really they're not marketing to to a seventy five year old man that that has been in the sport forever and is going to be there anyways. So I wish that that would convert because because the nostalgia stuff puts on a really good show. I mean, it's side by side racing. There's there's blow ups every now and again. I mean, it, it's exciting, um, but I don't know how you convert that into into sponsorship dollars. And that's that's why I kind of moved on to the alcohol myself personally. Went from the nostalgia world to the alcohol dragster world because I was able to bring that money that I was getting to, you know, the sponsors wanted the people in the stands. They wanted that demographic. So, um, yeah, that's the tough part. Oh, absolutely, man. It's uh, you know, it's um, it's a tough <clears throat> call, no matter what. And you know, if, if you're in a bracket car, a nostalgia car, a big show car. How much? How, what's the dollar amount you got to bring to run that? What's the company going to get in return? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then that's the thing that the dollar amount to drive these cars is getting is getting so high that, like you said, it's it's just priced itself out of out of contention unless you have you know some personal business or or uh, something like that that you can you can bring behind you. But you know we'd all do it if we could too. So. Oh, absolutely, man. And, you know, it's uh, and so it's a catch twenty-two. You can be a, a you know a driver uh, that maybe you make two or three, four or five, six events, and you've got twenty grand a weekend to bring from a company. You know, you might qualify, you might not. So, how much TV time or, or what are you giving the company in return at that twenty thousand dollars? That's still a lot of money. But right. what are you going to get? How are you going to give them twenty, twenty-five, thirty grand in return back in advertising? Yeah, because they really, if they're giving you that kind of cash, they want ninety thousand in return or a hundred thousand in return. Double your investment. Yeah. So James, you're you're saying a lot when it comes to the marketing world, and you're talking. So tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you get your education or exposure factor? Where did you get the the gift of understanding what it takes as far as sponsorships and marketing packages go? You know, I, I grew up in the sport, and so, you know, being around Chuck and Del Warsham and, and watching them get their, you know, big break with Checker Sucks and Cragen and, and just being a fly on the wall with a lot of these people. I got to work for Schumacher Racing and see how uh, the Army deal was put together and the Brute deal and Matco Tools and all that stuff. Uh, I got to learn a lot there. Um, and then, you know, I've got a marketing guy that helps me, and, uh, you know, you just – you want to drive so bad, you got to learn this. Per- you got to learn this side. You know, it's uh, the win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Things gone. So, what else can you do to bring exposure to you to the sport outside of just television, outside of just the standard, you know, everyday deal? So, um, you know, it, it's really it's just been years of. Uh, beating your head against the wall unfortunately you know and, and sometimes you, you come up with a little bit of money here and there and uh you know thankfully for me i've uh, i've been able to sell myself on being able to drive the car and uh, work on the car promote the car you know and just kind of be an all-around guy and then main, you know, mainly just make sure they know that i'm gonna take care of their stuff because it's it's more than likely in, you know like in the big shows an underfunded team you can't just set it on fire every run by by legging it to the finish line. So right, that's like guys like James and I. We we try to do our best to try to pride ourselves on not necessarily driving with a light foot, but driving with a light foot because you have to respect. You know, a lot of times we don't have the funding to go out there and just throw seven rods out of it every run. So um, you know, we try to instill that into people that you know, hey, we're gonna treat this stuff like it's ours. You know. Uh, well, hold on. Wait a minute. So, like, you're like 110 pounds. I don't think you get to use the phrase light foot. I I mean, you only hey. have a foot. I mean, I don't know that you can have... You don't get to use an adjective to describe your foot. Why? Because I've got some pretty nasty, gnarly videos of you throwing seven rods out the side of a motor. This is also true, but I'm, that's ju- I'm just saying I'm not I'm not pointing hashtag fingers because nitromethane. Hashtag because nitromethane. Hashtag. Not, I didn't say that it foot. doesn't happen. That's gonna that's gonna be trending tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Every post I make tomorrow for 24 hours is gonna have hashtag Lightfoot. 
followed up by hashtag not Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. James, what do you do for a day job? Work as an electrician, man. Uh, so I got a good, uh, my best friend growing up all through elementary school, uh, took pity on me and, and taught me the trade. So, uh, I'll be in an attic and, and get a phone call says, Hey man, can you be on an airplane and, and come to this event? Uh, come drive for us this weekend. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, thank God for, for having a regular day job. Cause I wouldn't have any, any way of paying bills. <laughs> Sorry. You considered an essential pl- employee in the state of California? We haven't stopped working, man. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the difference between you and Cam. Cam's not, Cam's not an essential employee. He's teaching auto body online. <laughs> okay. It's good she, good gig if you can get it. Again, I, I mean, I, I'm speechless at the number of things that just draw attention to be red flags to the whole situation. That's I just the list is long. I, I I could keep going for a while. We could do a whole show on the things that are wrong with you being an online auto body <laughs> professor at Cheetos College. Hey man. What a time to be alive is all I gotta say. Alright, so James, so let's talk about personal goals then because you're forty years old. Right. So you're 40. Now you're 40 years old. What do you see? Like, I mean, legitimate. Right. So like, I hate it when people say, oh, what do you want to do? I'd like to I'd like to win the world. Okay, dude, you you and and every other mother scrubber has got an NHRA license. Anyway, how about we how about we get some realism here? What's what's a goal? How uh, first off, let me ask. Let me back up. How long can you think you can keep wheeling these uh, museum funny cars? <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> I mean, you got guys out there like Gary Denson that's well into his 70s, but then again, he owns it. Uh, he, he'll drive one. Um, you know, if I can find a ride, I'm going to stay out there, you know, but uh, you got more and more people every day paying to drive these things. So, uh I mean, my, my time's numbered, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's just, it is what it is as the, as the dollar amount goes up to run these cars, owners need help. I understand that. So, uh, but we're having a lot of fun right now. My wife, Eileen still, uh, driving the seven Oh pro killer Crower car. And uh, I'd love to see her move up, uh, some classes and uh, so she can try to realize her dream. Does and, she have aspirations to do? I know this is a side topic, would, but I always oh, wondered that. Yeah, she would love to go, you know, to the pros, you know, but it's it's the same battle that, you know, you and I have, uh, you know, thankfully I got started a little bit earlier than you did, you know, and I, I could do it on, you know, being a crew guy and, and a wheel man and a, and a promotional guy, uh, you know, you're still doing it the same way. So, um, you know, at, at this point, uh, we're being realistic on, on everything and just enjoying what we got, but I would definitely love to see her get into a, a top alcohol dragster, alcohol funny car, and, you know, uh, at least at least run up the ranks as far as she can. Thank you for downloading today's episode of Racers and Rental Cars podcast brought to you by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by MotionRaceworks.com for all of your high performance needs. If you need to go fast, MotionRaceworks.com. Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. You ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that racers and rental cars sent you. Okay, so let me be ignorant. I'm going to assume when you say 7.0 dragster, that means it's a front-engine dragster that runs in a 7.0 index? Yes, with no electronics. No electronics at all. All, all done by foot. And it's front-engine or rear-engine? Front-engine. 200 it's miles a, an hour. 
Yeah, it's a badass little red. So you don't really like your wife much? <laughs> I love her. She's a better driver than I am. <laughs> really? So, yeah. I, I mean, look, I'm not going to... Okay, so, like, are we talking, like, old-school nostalgia slingshot? She's sitting with the rear end between her legs? Yes. I'll Absolutely. send you a picture of it, Don, while we're talking. I'll no, find it. I'm out, and, dude. I'm out. <laughs> she I'm will race at a 200. So Have you ever now? seen... You know... You know the the company the company Crower obviously they have yeah, that yeah, killer yeah. Crower yep. front engine car. Yep, that's it. That's her. That's her. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So long, long time ago, James, back in IHRA days, I was doing some appearances up in Michigan, and it was before I want to say it was before the Milan event, and we're talking like early two thousands, and I was at the same event with Terry McMillan. And he was driving the instigator alcohol funny car on the IHRA side. And he's like, come on over here and climb in. And I climbed in his car. They lowered the body. And I was like, yep, let me out. I'm done. (laughs) Yep. Got no. He's like, what? I'm like, this thing is sitting between my legs. And it could could blow up. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) I just had a pretty good fire in the speed sport. Uh, At least it had a firewall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, so, you know, and I think that just, again, you know, I'm, even at that point in my life, I had had enough bad things happen. I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't really need to push the envelope here. I I mean, that's, you know, you got nine lives and I've used up eight. This is no reason for me to be going on this one. Okay, (laughs) so, so your wife, so that means top dragster is not like, that's like beneath your wife, right? Because she's like, ah, I'm driving a front engine dragster going 200 miles an hour, driving top dragster. Yeah, it's just a lateral move. That's not something <laughs> that she would be interested in. She's a, she's a racer like me. She just, she likes to drive. She likes the competition. Uh, she likes to put on wind lights, man. She's a, she's a true badass race car driver. Now, did she get her start in the sport or is she, was she somebody who's like, oh, this is cool. I think I want to do this. Her father took her to a drag race, uh, Pomona, and uh, she fell in love with it, and she took it all on by herself. She went to Holly School. She went out and hustled rides and hustled deals. Uh, I mean, she literally did it herself. So what kind of what kind of arguments are we having? We're going to get back to your goals in a minute, I promise. <laughs> yeah. But what what kind of, right. I mean, what what kind of cuz look, I'm tired of the Angie and Cam arguments. They're ridiculous. I, I mean, <laughs> there are two people that neither one neither one of them can ride rides at Disneyland and they're arguing. It's just not even freaking worth it anyway. Um just so what what kind of arguments are we having uh about, you know, on track performances that go that go on over in your house uh you know you just try to keep it supportive man i mean we all have good days bad days and uh i want to see her hold up the trophy uh you know more than i want to see myself so uh it's uh it's all positive and uh you know that's that's part of marriage man if if the person's down you got to pick them up uh either way so it's actually been awesome because uh I mean, I, I've never really dealt with uh, a loved one driving a race car like my mother did and watched my dad go through fires and being burned. And, and, you know, I never understood, like, the nervous side. And so now when she goes up there, now I get it. And, you know, and she does that for me too. So uh, it's been exciting, and it, it's actually been really, really awesome. So, so wait, you're telling me that you haven't, like, gotten back to the trailer? No, 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 no. You're at the end of the racetrack. You're getting out of the car. She she's you're coming up to you. You just you know you did something knuckleheaded, whatever. And and the phrase, "What the hell did you do that for?" That does that's that hasn't come out. We have, I mean, you turned it red. What the hell? And that's uh, no th- th- those conversations don't happen. No, no, never. Uh, I mean, she knows I'm going to do something dumb uh, driving a few. <laughs> Driving a fuel altered or, you know, the funny car, or, you know, I'm going to do something stupid. That's just my, my nature, you know? So, uh, but, uh, no, no, she's always, she's been great, uh, super supportive and, uh, I'm doing my best not to screw things up for her. So I like it. I like it. A little, little, little humble pie there going on. Yeah. Cause I, that, that doesn't, I mean, don't get me wrong. That, I mean, I got a support, I got one hellacious supportive wife, but 
there was a span in 2017 that I turned it red first round like five times by like no, no, the spread was like no more than three thou, and she was livid. Like she <laughs> was, and my wife does not drive. She does not. She's not a drag racer. She's just you know she does it with me, and and, and she's like I don't understand. I, I how about you, you like you know try to let it be green? I was like yeah. That'd be an awesome thing to do, huh? <laughs> so they're going, this is horseshit. <laughs> oh, there's, oh, I, we got some good one. You know, I mean, I give it back, you know, kill the tree and then give it back at 200 miles an hour because trying to take it too tight. Eh, what did you go and do that for? Yep. Yep. Thanks, babe. Oh, yeah. No. Love it. Okay. Let's get back to your goals. So, all right. All right. So, we, we, if the phone rings, yeah, you're in, you're going to drive. Uh, a, a big show car, but if not, let, what's what's a goal like? You know, what's your goal for? Well, what would have been your goal? For what would have been twenty twenty? Yeah, <laughs> let's move on to twenty twenty one. What what was your goal to start out the year for twenty twenty? Uh, we wanted to run the uh, the UNFC uh, Funny Car Series, the United Nostalgia Funny Car Series, uh, and uh, that's uh, run by Bucky Austin. Uh, so we wanted to go up there and try to kick Bucky's ass, uh, which is a tough, tall order because <laughs> him and Bobby Cottrell are, are bad to the bone. And a lot of the other guys up there, Cameron's father-in-law, Boychuk, he's a bad man in the class. Uh, there's a lot of them. You know, you got Eddie Knox. Um, holy cow. So we wanted to run that. We wanted to run the NHRA Heritage Series and really just go up there and put our best foot forward. You know, uh, we got Spike Gore of uh, Gore Fuel Systems tuning the car, and uh, Jim Broom's got awesome stuff, awesome equipment, and a great group of guys. And, uh, you know, just go see how many wind lights we can turn on. So for after, people like Don that don't follow it, he's driving a pretty badass red, so um, he's got a chance. Who's got a chance? <laughs> James. Oh, I was like, oh, I didn't say he didn't have a chance, jackass. No, I'm just saying he he's he's in a perfectly a good... capable car. Oh, okay. Well, I was to, going to, to I, achieve those goals. I was going to tell him, look, you don't have to talk about Boychuk being a badass because he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> you don't. You don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a lot of money, James, but I you know I got a dollar. I'd bet you a dollar. He do, yeah. No. Anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. So. Let, let's talk about future then. So that's a goal. I, I mean, we all have them, right? To start, where where's your goal? Where's your goal in life? At what point are are we making a change? And it's and it's okay. This helmet bag, this fire suit, this nonsense. I don't need it anymore. I, I'm moving on. And, and, and you know, do you see that in your future to you know fully turn on for support for your wife or? Is there a plan for you both to just be like, yeah, we're just going to do something in motorsports, but we're not going to chase this silly holding onto the steering wheel and carrying a, a suit bag everywhere? You know, I, I grew up in this sport. I was uh, I was three weeks old when I went to my first drag race at Orange County Raceway. And uh, it's all I know. You know, it, it's who I am. It, it's who I wanted to be. And uh, so I'm going to chase it as a driver as, as long as I can. And... Uh, at the same time, be supportive of Eileen and uh, the goals that she has. But, uh, I mean, I would, I would love to, uh, you know, only two cars I really haven't driven that I want to drive is, uh, I haven't driven a back motored professional top fuel car and, uh, I haven't driven a pro mod. So that would be the door car you talked about. So <laughs> I do want to add door car to the list, but, uh, it better be a 200 mile an hour plus wild ride. I, I, I'm down with that. Yeah. I now you now you have his attention. No, I mean I at one time I had the you know in here I say this, right? I thought I had I thought I had this aspiration that I wanted to be a top fuel driver. And then I was like, mm, nah, I'm good." <laughs> and and it's it's I I don't there's something about like, you know, the it, today's motorsports landscape in the last decade 
Yeah, and I and I probably could even shorten that up and say in the last five years, but most certainly within the last decade, has changed so much in not the racetrack, not the cars. The, it's changed in the personnel. It's changed in the business plan. It's changed in the racing association body. It's changed in the aspects of deliverables, the, the value proposition, things that have changed so drastically that when you, when you legitimately sit down and look at it, you go, there's just no freaking way. These, I mean, you're a round peg in a square hole. And it, it just changed. It changed the way I look at where I want to go, what I want to do. Absolutely. Pro mod, totally I would be in. Pro stock, totally I would be in. Worrying about driving a fuel funny car or a top fuel car. Um, it's like moving back to the, to the city of Chicago. It's just not happening. It's not, it's just, you know, I love my daughters. I love my wife, but you know, they, we joke and it's like, we you know, whoa, what would it take to move back to Chicago? A lot of commas and zeros and that's not happening. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it, I think we've kind of lost the fact that, uh, or the aspect that this is supposed to be entertainment and not just putting rocket ships down the racetrack that, uh, you know, for a thousand feet or whatever at millions of dollars, we got to do something to keep the fans in the stands the 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 burnouts like you know uh you know jungle gym used to do and enforce back in the day and you know the the side by side pedal fest smoking the tires and this the drivability of the cars where guys could do that and uh it's got to be exciting for these people to want to sit in the grandstands and spend their money um and i think we've kind of maybe lost track of that a little bit you know, um, because if people are excited about going to the race, they're excited about brand identity and all these things that sponsors are dying that are dying to do because they always want to reach that next demographic. You can't just sell golf clubs to golfers. You're trying to get new people to go golfing. Right. That's, so, no, and that's exactly right. And and it couldn't be. I almost want to say at a certain point, and, and we've talked about it on the show before, and I, and I probably sound like a scratch record with it, but when we went through the, you know, whatever, the economic downturn, uh, 07 to 10 and so forth, and NASCAR kind of had a reset in their business model, and I think at that time that would have been, eh, I'm going to flip-flop them. It was either IRL or F1. Or IndyCar, I one one of the two, like ended up being absorbed and so forth, and so everybody's going through these resets in their business models, and for whatever reason, we never really did. And when I say we, meaning collective in the world of drag racing, uh, I don't really feel like it went through a reset. You know, when you still get numbers thrown around that it's one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for a race weekend at some of the big teams. Uh, you know, and it takes $4 million a year to run an operation. That's, I mean, that's just, that's not, that's not little money. And nope. uh, when you're talking about Fortune 500 companies that only spend 2 to 3% of annual sales on advertising and marketing, and you're going to walk on in and, and try to suck up their, you know, their entire budget or, or three quarters of their budget because you want $4 million a year. And that's, uh, we, we've just kind of, I don't know. I, I almost want to use the phrase that we got a little big for our britches. Uh, absolutely. I mean, here's a prime example. And I use this one a lot is look at how uh, popular monster trucks are. The kids love it. The fans love it. And you've got guys like Todd LaDuke that's sponsored by monster energy drink. And uh, you've got sponsors that come in there and, and the money that people spend to go see those things. Why? Because it's exciting. You don't know what's coming next. The, guy's gonna, the guy might do a backflip. He might be on two wheels. He might be on the front two wheels. You don't know. Uh, Motorsports is exciting or is supposed to be exciting because of the unknown. 
if you thought that two drivers were going to go down a straight line and they were going to hold hands at the finish line and everybody was going to have rainbows and Skittles and life was awesome every run, it wouldn't be exciting, right? If you thought both cars could smoke the tires, one could catch fire, the other guy's trying to bounce himself off the guardrail like they used to do, uh, that's exciting. And that puts people in the stands. So, uh, and if we have people in the stands, we have companies that want to spend money because they want after, they want after those people. That's how you advertise. So, uh, you know, I think if we focused a little bit less on the hardcore trying to set national records every run and, uh, you know, penalizing people for oil downs, even though we use the, uh, the TV coverage for the fires, the explosions, we use all that stuff, but yet we're penalizing the teams. What does that mean? That means you cost them more money. So it just, uh, I think we're, we're just a little lost right now on how, how to keep fans in the stands and how to bring sponsors in. Oh, no, for sure. That's uh, like I grew up, you talk about growing up in the sport. I grew up around the quick eight days of match racing of, you know, door slammers, fast door slammers, top sportsmen when it was coming up in, in the early years of pro mod in the South. And that's what, you know, that's what packed the stands. You know, you talk about, places like Piedmont Dragway in North Carolina with big dog events where you literally, if you were not inside the racetrack at 3.30 on big dog night and you weren't getting in, I mean, it's like they bring fire marshal comes and shuts them down. I mean, there were some of the most wildest shows ever. And that's what it was because you don't know what's going to happen. And people are going to see some fast cars. You're going to see some hood scoops go launching. You might see a wreck. And, I mean, that was that was the draw to it. And you're absolutely right about Monster Jam. There was a time that I thought IHRA, when they you know were obviously owned by Feld, that I thought we were going to get to the point where Feld was going to try to own fuel teams and make it a book show and so forth. And I thought that, that that could have potentially worked. I think that the Monster Jam um, business model works uh, from city to city and, you know, pitch shows and everything else. I think you're absolutely right. I, you know, are we racers or are we entertainers? Well, I think those are one and two. Those are one and the same. Uh, you know, we have to have our own brand. We have to, you know, you have to find people that can, you know, associate with you or they resemble you, or they see something about you that they want to be like, or how they grew up, or whatever the case may be. And I feel like things like that have actually uh, fallen to the wayside, and, and and we've kind of lost that. We've lost the, you know, parking lot displays of shaking hands, kissing babies, which that'll probably never happen now after Corona <laughs> came to town. <laughs> but, new, yeah, now we, now we need a new, uh, a new, what do they call that, saying? Corona came to town. Tagline? What? Where do you going? Oh, signing, kissing babies and shaking yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. That we was were, maybe elbow bumps and uh, elbow, and what's ups. Yeah, because you're not going to be kissing babies and shaking hands, for sure. And we, which is ridiculous. I, I'm sorry, but nonetheless, I'm not getting off on that tangent. Uh, <laughs> not, not at all. But I think you're spot on, James. I think I think you you really are w- with that in. Um, you know, I wish you all the best. You and the wife, I think that's awesome. You guys race together, support each other. You're out here living the dream, regardless of whether it's on the big stage or at the regional level. Um, it makes people want to like you, follow you, and whether you've got a thousand people following you or a hundred thousand people following you, uh, you're in, you're being impactful uh, in today's age. So uh, kudos to you and the wife. Thank you very much for having me on. And uh, yeah, man, uh, you love the real racers. You know, the guys that do it for the for the love of this deal, uh, the racers' rental car deal is is awesome. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. All right. Well, you, before you leave, I'm not going to let Cam shut this show out like he did last week. <laughs> Bastard got rid of our guests before we even got our parting shots in. So, James, it, and I will not assume that you've listened to any of our shows, but. Every guest has got to answer two questions before they go out the door. The first one is, you get to send one Christmas card to one person in motorsports, alive or dead, who's it going to? 
You know, it's uh, Dale Poldy is my hero, and I got to drive for my hero, and uh, he's still a mentor to me today. So uh, I, that man deserves a Christmas card. Shut up! Nice. You got to drive for Dale Poldy? Yeah, man. I'm actually the only other guy that's won in the War Eagle. Dude, I used to have a War Eagle poster as a kid. I kid you the hell not. The handlebar mustache that Dale Paul D had and the in the yellow war eagle. Oh my god, dude. Hell yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, what what an honor to win. Uh Paul D got sick with uh Valley Fever and uh, he called me to come drive a car and uh we got to bring him back a trophy when he was at his weakest point there, man, and that was about as special as you can get for he was always my childhood hero. Absolutely. That's badass. See, I like that. That's That's got to be way better than the WTF card. <laughs> way better. All right, James, you get to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports. Who's it going to? Oh, God. About <laughs> all the pros. <laughs> uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, can I send it just to the NHRA? Yes. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's been done, <laughs> but you can. I think they need one more at least. <laughs> that is the first per that it will say that is the first uh either person or association or group that has received more than one WTF card on racers and rental cars. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine, man. It uh I sure wish they would uh back up just a bit. Well, I uh, you know that could be a poll that we could probably have some social media interaction with. Uh, engagement numbers would probably go up really high for that one. Yeah. Uh, so, well, Let's James, get... thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. And, uh, hell, after after having you on, we're probably going to have to figure out how to get your wife on one night um, and, and see if we can uh, increase increase her promotional value. And now that she, I know she drives for Crower, I'll have to text Lewis tomorrow and say, hey, man. I didn't know this. Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, man. Uh, she's way better looking to to, uh, to look at back and forth there. <laughs> so. Well, well, dude, seriously, the bar is not that high. It's Cam and me. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. I mean, th- I mean, seriously, the bar is not freaking high. Okay. I mean, look. I mean, look at the poor guy. The guy hasn't had a haircut. I mean, in like four months. Look, <laughs> the poor bastard. I, I t- look. Cam can think whatever he wants. Jack Frost, he outkicked his coverage drastically. And, dude, I outkicked the stadium when I got my wife. So I'm just, you know, <laughs> the bar is not that high, James. I mean, seriously. seriously. If you if you got a Labr- Labradoodle over there somewhere in Cali, that's probably higher up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm thankful she took pity on me. That's for sure. Well, I hope hopefully if I tell everybody that I have great insurance and I make sure that my wife keeps taking the same medication she was taking when I met her because I don't want her waking up one day going, "What the hell am I doing with this guy?" Right. <laughs> James, thanks for coming on the show, sir, and hopefully we will cross paths somewhere in this world after Corona decides to go on a vacation. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. No Thanks, problem. James. Thank you, James. And I'm sure we will be having a Corona at some point in time soon. So um, we'll see you then. <laughs> Thanks, right. James. So first up, that's first for us to get a um, twofer. NHRA got two WTF cards in the history of racers and rental cars. And, man, that's badass. He got to drive for Dale Pauldy. That's pretty freaking Hell yeah. cool. Dude, I told you the guy's driven everything, and he's a hell of a driver. He's taught me a lot behind the wheel. So, dude, that's—I I kid you not—as a kid, I had a freaking war. I mean, that was—that I'm sorry. During when I was growing up, I mean, I was not a huge John Force fan. I mean, just wasn't. But I was a freaking ridiculous Dale Paul D fan as a kid. That—that's I mean, cool. Who makes a yellow car look that good? <laughs> and I bet it wasn't even considered yellow. I'm sure it's probably had like some off the wall orange color name or something to it. There you go. But nonetheless, so here for our audience who did not hear last week or and reached out to us about our Christmas card and WTF card for Mark Rebellis, we did shoot that. I shot that this week. We had a quick 
call for it and it'll be out on social media and you will probably see it very soon. But uh, you totally need to tune in for that one. Uh, so when you see it pop up on your social media feed, whether it's Instagram or over on Facebook, make sure to give a listen, share away, give it a like. And uh, Cam, why don't you do all the uh, the business there? And I'm, dude, I'm done. It's been a rough week. I'm trying to lick my wounds from my horror stories, put my race car back together, and uh, get ready to head back to north to the big hub dyno. There you go. Um, just make sure you bring your flux plate bolts with you. Um, but uh, with that, <laughs> with that being said, you know, thanks to James again, and uh, we always want to thank our sponsors that uh, help make this all possible. So, uh, Motion Raceworks, um, go get yourself some parts, guys. MotionRaceworks.com. If you guys want to buy a trailer to put uh, all those parts that you're going to buy from Motion Raceworks into a trailer, you better go hit up Lance at LB Trailers and uh, you know PDS. It's, uh, you know, it's data time, so you need to uh, get yourself dialed in and, uh, you know, soup up those race cars while we're waiting around. So, and again, if you get hot or cold, maybe we should do tank tops. I don't think Don would look good in a tank top, but if you're looking for a hoodie, a t-shirt, or anything of that nature, hat, something like that, be sure to uh, check out racersandrentalcars.com so Don can pay his gas bill. And uh, finally, Voice America, we appreciate, uh, you know, you uh, allowing us to do this. So, with that, I need a beer. See you. Later. Thank you for listening to the Racers and Rental Cars podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Motion Raceworks, Performance Data Systems, Streetway Marketing and Media, and Stupid Fast Racing, and racersandrentalcars.com.